Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training. The other day on Instagram, I asked for your questions that were health and fitness related, and this is what you all gave me. I'm, I'm super excited to do another Q&A episode. I haven't done one of these in a while. I actually used to do a live Q&A on Facebook every Friday. This was years ago, and I loved doing it. And I really would love to try to find a way to start doing that again and actually record those live Q&As on Facebook and use them on the podcast so I can be getting your all's questions and answering them you know, in real time, both live plus have the, uh, the playback for you on the podcast. That's, that's something I'm working on. I would love to do that. But let's just get right into it here. Here are the questions that I got from you all on Instagram. The first one is, inversion tables, what's the verdict? So if you're not familiar with an inversion table, it looks kind of like a seesaw. It's this cot slash board thing that you lay up against at an incline and you strap your feet into these boots and then you slowly tip yourself the opposite direction like a seesaw so your feet are up high and your head's down low and you're kind of laying at an angle with your head down, like almost like you're hanging upside down. And the purpose for these inversion tables is spinal decompression through spinal traction. So you're pulling the upper body away from the lower body in an effort to unload the spine from all of the forces that are on the spine throughout the day from gravity or from weight training, especially if you're doing heavy stuff, heavy deadlifts, heavy squats, heavy overhead presses, all of that stuff is going to have some level of compression on your spine beyond what we get just normally every day walking around with gravity. Well, First of all, you get a decent amount of spinal decompression when you sleep, which is why sleep is just, it's great. You should be doing more of it. It should be just as much of the focus of your fitness as your training is. So when you sleep, you get some spinal decompression. When As soon as you start walking around, you start getting some more compression just because of gravity. So the idea with the inversion table is, well, you can get some extra traction and decompression by strapping yourself in this thing and just laying there. Well, my first problem with it is it's expensive. These inversion tables typically end up being a very pricey, like laundry, uh, like clothes drying rack is what they end up being in, in the corner of your room somewhere. The other thing is it takes up time and people tell me they don't even have time to work out. So are you really gonna have time to hang upside down in this thing? The next thing is is it really needed when there's another way that you could get just as good of spinal decompression that you could actually incorporate into your workouts? And that's just hanging. We really should spend more time hanging from bars in our workouts than we do. So I'm talking about not just pull-ups, but just hanging from a bar. Can you hang with one arm? Can you hang with both arms for a minute? If you can't do pull-ups, you can still hang, and what happens is the weight of your lower body will pull your spine away from your upper body the same way an aversion table has your upper body pulling away from your lower body. So just hanging from a bar is a way that you can get some good traction that provides spinal decompression, and you can even incorporate it into your days when you're squatting and deadlifting heavy. And it's not gonna affect your squats and your deadlifts. You could just do all of your sets of squat and then go just hang from a bar or do all of your deadlifts and then go over and just hang from a bar. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, you can do the same thing with a lap pull-down. You can sit in a lap pull-down machine, so your knees are kind of locked under the 
the pads on the lap pull-down machine. You're reaching up and you hold onto the bar, just put a bunch of weight on it and let it pull your arms up and you'll feel your, your ribs kind of lifting away from your waist that's traction of your spine. That's going to provide decompression. So the verdict on inversion tables, to me at least, is they're expensive and, and unnecessary, but the premise behind them is noble. <laughs> you know, trying to provide relief from a compressed spine is good. It's just you can spend 20 bucks on a doorway pull-up bar and just hang there. And even if you just put your feet lightly on the ground and hold as much of your weight up by just holding your hands on the bar. Even if you can't hold your, your whole weight, you can get some spinal decompression by even keeping some of your weight in your feet and the rest of your weight hanging from the bar. So I wouldn't spend money on them, but I do think that it's a good idea to do some things to help lengthen your spine if you're doing a lot of things that load your spine. If you aren't doing a lot of weight training or a lot of heavy weight training, you probably get enough spinal decompression when you sleep if you're sleeping long long enough. So make sure that you're getting enough sleep and then maybe go get a pull-up bar or just next time you're at the gym, go do some lat pull-downs and just let your arms hang up, get let your arms get pulled away from you at the end and kind of just hang there, hang out there for a little bit or just jump up on the pull-up bar and just hang for a bit. All right, next question here. So I'm scrolling through my phone to try to, to find my questions here. They just got lost. There we go, we're back. All right, next question here. Oh, this is a good one. How do you fix everything that is broken on your body when everything on your body is broken? How do you fix everything that is broken on your body when everything on your body is broken? So I'm going to try to keep this answer brief because I have an entire podcast episode coming up on this exact subject, but I would start with, you're probably not as broken as you think you are. You may have received a diagnosis for something like, a bulging disc or maybe some uh, torn connective tissue somewhere. And you can't let that diagnosis define you because a lot of times that diagnosis might not actually be what's causing your pain. You might have a muscular imbalance or you might have, meaning weakness in, on one side of a joint and tightness on the other side of a joint. Muscle imbalances lead to altered mechanics, meaning the joint ends up moving in a way it's not supposed to. Is altered mechanics can lead to tissue damage or maybe nerve entrapment or just general tightness and pain. And that's actually what's causing your issues, not necessarily something that's structurally wrong with you or broken with you or torn. And most of the time, if you look at you know, the way that the doctors approach maybe a torn meniscus or a bulging disc or torn labrum, a lot of times they won't even advise surgery. They'll just say, hey, go do physical therapy. The physical therapy is not actually going to fix that torn whatever or bulging disc. It's the whole idea behind it is let's get you moving properly and proper movement will alleviate a lot of the pain that you're getting from this this maybe this mild terror if it's mild if it's mild if it's if it's bad they they may need to do surgery and that may be what's causing your pain so i don't want to just give a blanket you're not actually broken statement because you might be but the majority of people who say i'm broken i have this 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 wrong with me this wrong with me this wrong with me as soon as they start moving correctly all of a sudden they realize i'm not as broken as i thought i was so uh, that's the whole purpose behind physical doctors 
prescribing physical therapy before they try to do surgery because they want to see, you know, yeah, sure, you have this going on, but if you try physical therapy, it may provide you relief. And let's just see if we can get around, you know, cutting you open in this area. Uh, if, see if we can get around this by trying to solve your issues through movement, which I'm a big fan of. If your doctor tries to get you to maybe fix something that is quote unquote broken on you, fix it through through movement, proper exercise, and good recovery habits before he says, yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and fix this, that's somebody I would keep going back to. So first I would say you're probably not as broken as you think you are. Second, I would say the way to fix everything that you feel might be broken on your body is proper movement. You can't let a diagnosis define you or stop you from doing things that you would like to do. And yes, there are going to be injuries that may stop you from being able to do certain things. You may have to have something where your knees just don't bend that low anymore, or you have to have a spinal fusion and your back just doesn't bend or twist in that way anymore. That's totally not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, can you try to, with proper movement, fix your movement patterns, fix your muscular imbalances, correct those faulty movement patterns that are leading to tissue issues or leading to nerve issues or leading to pain because you're not moving correctly, can you try to fix that? And maybe you'll see you're not as broken as you thought you were. So uh, I would definitely get more into this in another episode, but that's my first my first little tease at it there is uh, you're not as broken as you think you are, but the best way to go about fixing those issues is proper movement. So get a coach, get somebody who's got a, a really good eye, who's great with cueing, and have them watch your movement, whether it's monitoring you on video, if they're working with you remotely like we do, or if they're working with you in person, which we also do, depending on where you're at, and let someone like us you know, help you out with that by fixing your movements uh, so that you don't feel broken. We want you to feel like you can go out and do what you wanna do. All right, next one here. If you have a muscular imbalance, Oh, hey, another muscular imbalance question. If you have a muscular imbalance, do you add an extra set to your weaker side? That's a great question. I actually do this. So when I do rotational exercises, I end up doing an extra set where I twist to my right because most of what I do, I twist to my left. So when I'm skateboarding, I skate regular. So the way I stand, I typically twist my upper body to look Towards my, towards my left foot, which is in the front of the skateboard. When I drum, typically the way I would play my drums, I would sit up sideways on the stage and I would turn slightly and so my torso would be twisted looking over my drum set to my left. So my left side was always overdeveloped. When I typically when I swing a bat, I'm gonna swing it left, not left-handed, swing to my left because I'm right-handed. If I kick a soccer ball, I kick more with my right foot, so I'm twisting to my Left, everything I do, I'm better at twisting to my left. So when I do rotational exercises, I typically add five reps every set to my twisting to my right side. I may even I may even add an extra set into it. So when it comes to a muscular imbalance, adding a set to the weaker side is not a bad idea. It's not gonna totally throw off the balance of your entire body by doing an extra set on the other side because when you think about it, you're already off balance because you have one side that's, that's weaker or more underdeveloped. 
That being said, I don't think you need to like over-focus on it. There, I've mentioned this in a podcast before, but there was a study done on bowlers, professional bowlers. And they, since bowling is a unilateral sport, you know, you have your, your throwing hand and your stepping foot. And please don't correct me, I don't know the exact terms for bowling. But since it's a unilateral sport, you really have an overdeveloped one side of your body that's there so you can compete at a high level at your sport. What they did with these bowlers was they had half of them train for muscular symmetry when it came to muscular size and strength and thought, well, this might keep them from getting injured in their sports and what in their sport. And what they found was that the people who trained out those muscular imbalances actually suffered more injuries in that sport than the people who were quote unquote overdeveloped on one side. And the idea was that for some sports, you do have to be overdeveloped on one side to be competitive and play safely in that sport. It's always a good idea to work both sides, but over-obsessing about muscle symmetry is not necessarily the best thing for you if you're playing a unilateral sport. For everybody else, it's great to try to do things equally on both sides. You should have a pretty equal strength on both sides. But we we have a dominant hand, we have a dominant foot, we have a dominant eye. These are just normal parts of being a human that I don't think we need to obsess about training out. There are a lot of, of physical therapists and gurus out there who are kind of cramming muscle symmetry down people's throats to get them thinking, and right back to the other question about being broken, have people thinking they're broken because, oh, your body's twisted over this way and you're and you're gonna have all of these issues up because of it. And you may not have any of those issues. And you may go your entire life. There are people who have been training their whole lives at a high level who have never thought about the fact that maybe their one quad is slightly stronger or bigger than their other quad, or that they can rotate better from one to one side than the other side. You, I don't think you need to over-obsess about it, but I, I don't think it's a bad idea to add an extra set if you would like to do that. It would help balance that out without you having to really overthink it. I think the best thing is the mind-muscle connection that you need to create with your non-dominant side. So really focus. When you're working with your weaker arm or your weaker leg or your weaker side that you're twisting to, think about what you're feeling. So when you do it on your dominant side, it's kind of automatic. Maybe think about what your dominant side is doing. And when you get to your non-dominant side, focus on it next time you, you do a set where you're only working one arm or one leg at a time, focus on that non-dominant side and see if you can try to make that mind-muscle connection to get those muscles to work the same as the other side. And again, this is not something that you need to obsess about unless you know this is, this is your job and you enjoy obsessing about this stuff, but it's, it's not a bad idea to learn to move better. So Hopefully that answers your question there. It's, yes, go ahead and add an extra set to that weaker side. But you know what? I wouldn't overthink it or overdo it when it comes to uh, to trying to train out um, one side that's slightly stronger or more developed than the other side. Uh, next question here. <laughs> Why does growing a beard instantly improve your performance? Hmm. Uh, hmm. I could... <laughs> Uh, I, I could try to make this into a serious question. I don't think I'm going to get into it. There is, there is a, a somewhat of a connection between growth hormones and body hair. <laughs> and uh, in higher growth hormones, 
could potentially lead to higher muscle mass. Uh, also, um, you know, having more testosterone in your body will allow you to to move um, heavier weights, you know, more, more powerfully, more aggressively. So uh, I don't, it's not the beard that instantly improved performance, but uh, I'm not going to say there's. I don't know of any study that's shown this, but I would venture a guess that people who are able to grow beards or who naturally have more body hair may be able to get stronger in their training easier than somebody who couldn't due to the fact that they may have different growth hormones than somebody who who lacks those hormones but you know you can have you can have high testosterone and just not naturally produce a lot of body hair though so um yeah i i wouldn't directly equate a beard to performance but you know what i'll look into it that's a funny one i couldn't even try to make that really serious i tried though uh, let's see. Why is it? So my computer's popping up here. There we go. Uh, why is it important to get a head start on your goals now instead of instead of saying I'll just wait? That's great. A lot of people this time of year start thinking January because of the holidays coming up. They think I'll get a start on it in January, and the problem here is that's how many weeks from now? Like ten weeks from now? That's a long time. You can do, you can get a lot of work done. Even if it's not as focused as you want it to be, it's always better to just start. There's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be perfect circumstances. There's never going to be the perfect program, the perfect diet that's going to fit right in line with your lifestyle. You're just going to have to start, and it's going to be messy at first, and you're going to have to figure it out, figure it out along the way until you can find something that works exactly for you. So I think the, the biggest thing to get started on your goals is that people... And this is not judgmental, but this is just people in general naturally avoid hard things. And they want to wait for an opportunity for those things to come to them in an easier path. That's why people say, I'll just wait until January because I think that trying to work out and eat correctly over the holidays is going to be too difficult. I'm going to wait until Monday because... I know that starting on a Thursday that I have a weekend coming up where I'm not going to be able to work out the way I want to and I'm not going to be able to eat the stuff that I want to. So I'm going to get started fresh on Monday. But when you get to Monday, you know the next week you're still doing the same stuff. It's still your same life. It's still the same you. This whole new year, new me thing, it's it's a new year, but the same you. You have to do something to gradually change it. And it doesn't happen over excuse me, it doesn't happen overnight. So getting started on your goals, first of all, make smaller goals for yourself. I think people tend to really overestimate what they're gonna accomplish in a year. And when they don't hit those goals, they get really disappointed. So I think the, the best way to get a head start in your goals is make smaller, more manageable goals and then get started right away rather than trying to make these huge goals and then think, oh yeah, I need the next 10 weeks to, to, to prepare me for shooting for those goals. So that's a, that's a good question. Next one here. What makes Straight Shot a more personal approach versus a big box gym? Well, First of all, Straight Shot is not a gym, yet we would like to make that different next year. We'll see what happens with coronavirus, but our first goal is the safety of our trainers, our trainers' families, 
our clients and our clients' families. And right now, the safest way for, for us to train people is limited in-home training. We try to be outside as much as possible. We wear masks if we do come into your house to train you. We do most of our stuff virtually. So we train people with our app where we have demo videos and we make custom programs for people. Coaches provide accountability through that app. We also do virtual sessions via Zoom where we actually work one-on-one -on -one with you just like a personal training session. We can work with you wherever you are. And that's not just geographically, that's also with your fitness level. So the difference between us and big box gyms is that we're not bound by a physical location. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's one of the great things that's come out of 2020 for us is that it's made us realize that we have this opportunity as personal trainers to provide fitness solutions to people who are in a position right now where they're not ready to go back to a gym or they don't like going to a gym. That's another thing. You, you don't have to really like going to a gym in order to be able to exercise. And this has opened up so many doors for us as personal trainers. So big box gyms will, will always have a place, but I think if people, they want a different experience out of training. They like the fact that they can be working, log off their computer, pull up their phone, pull up Zoom, pull me up, I'm right there, I'm training them. They get a great workout in a half an hour, they shut off their phone and they get right back to work. Rather than having to drive to a gym and do a workout there and get changed and shower and go back to work. The other thing with our app, which is actually our most popular way that, that we train people, is you don't even have to work around my schedule and, and I don't have to work around your schedule. I write your workouts for the entire week and we keep in touch through the app or, or through text or however you want to talk. And we can have this you know, trainer-client relationship where you can be working out at five in the morning whenever I'm not ready to get up yet, or you can be working out at night or whenever you would like to work out and you just, you're following the app. You have you know, me and Delaney and the other coaches who do the demo videos with us, Megan and Rebecca and Andrew and, and all of these coaches who have made these demo videos for you have us performing these exercises that you can watch and then you can repeat those exercises with good form and you can log your reps and contact us and send us videos of your form if you want us to review stuff for you and then and we can help you out with your diet and all the stuff that a personal trainer does in person we can do through our app so that's one of the things that i'm actually it sounds so weird to say that, that i'm happy about with 2020 is that it has just opened up opportunities to, for us as trainers to work with people who maybe would not go into a gym. They like the home workout experience. They just need some guidance. It's also opened up opportunities for us to work with people who are kind of in the same boat as I am. And those of you who don't know, my wife has cystic fibrosis. She had a lung transplant coming up on 10 years ago in this upcoming February. And with her being immunocompromised, she's extremely at risk for complications due to COVID. And for me, I need a way to work different to keep my family safe. And this has been a huge blessing for me to be able to not just, you know, get by with training a few people. It's really opened up how many people I'm able to train as a personal trainer and, and be able to start a company during the middle of a, of a, a lockdown and be able to bring on trainers who 
who have trained under me and, and I've worked with for years and I love the way that they train people and we have a similar view in, in how we want to help people move better, feel better, live better. And it's opened up so many opportunities for, for them to work safely and for their families to stay safe. And also in all of this, clients, we want to keep our clients safe. So it allows us to train completely hands-off if that's what our clients would like, if that's what they're comfortable with, for us to be able to be, to be their trainers completely virtually. And when we do in-home sessions, which we do limited in-home sessions, depending on where you're at, uh, we're able to train outside. We're able to train in, you know, if someone has a basement, a larger basement area, the trainer's able to stay farther away from them. We wear a mask. If, if the client would like to, they can wear their mask. If you're inside, it's, it's, it, it's best if everybody's wearing a mask. I'll just leave it at that. But the trainers will be wearing a mask they train you inside. And it allows us to, to do what trainers are supposed to do, and that's keep our clients safe and keep our clients healthy. And right now, you know, big box gyms, I worked in a big gym for 10 years and it doesn't matter how clean you keep the place and how safe everybody's being, it's it's going to be a higher risk than training virtually. And so I won't get too much more into into that. I'd rather speak about how we do things and uh, and that's in a way where we can train you where you're at geographically or with your fitness level the way that you would like to be trained when you would like to be trained. We are not confound by the borders of a of the walls of a gym or by time or or availability of trainer, any of that stuff. So it's it's really, really exciting to be able to to switch up how we're doing things. And I know that uh, not all of us uh, have have had a year where we can be happy about a lot of stuff. So I don't want to come off as, I really don't want to come off as like gloating or saying this year's been great because there's been a lot of hard stuff with this year. But I, with most things, I try to, to look at the positive side of things. The positive side of things is I'm so happy to be able to help people the way that we've been able to help people. And I'm so happy and so grateful for the people who have taken a chance on a different style of training and for the people who have supported myself and my trainers throughout a really tough year to be a personal trainer. So thank you all. You guys are awesome. All right. So we'll end. This is a little lighter question here. Uh, Would you rather be able to squat, triple your body weight, or hold the world's longest plank? So let's see. Squat, triple body weight. Then the thing I like about this is they didn't say like squat 1600 pounds or something where you would have to be, you know, you'd have to gain a lot of muscle to be able to just to to hold that much weight. Squatting triple your body weight just means you have a great strength to body weight ratio. Holding the world's longest plank, the world's longest plank is like like 10 hours or something. It's something crazy. So and both of those would take a decent amount of training to get to. Both holding the world's longest plank and squatting triple your body weight. But I would rather I've always and and this is something that I kind of it's one of those things that like, you know what, you got to give me this because I'm a small guy. But I always liked having a high strength to body weight ratio from the time I did CrossFit all the way through Strongman was I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest guy, but pound for pound, I wanted to try to be as strong as I possibly could. And so I would rather be able to squat triple my body weight, which I've never done before. I've come really close to deadlifting triple my body weight. I think 2.8 or 2.85 was 
times my body weight was the highest I've deadlifted. I know people who have deadlifted three times their body weight, and they were smaller than me, and they're really strong. I don't know anybody who squatted triple their body weight, but I personally, but I, but that's not an uncommon thing. And uh, those people were typically also, you know, mobile, athletic, explosive people. They weren't, you know lumbering, immobile people who, you know, they could squat and that was their only thing. They typically were in really great shape. I don't know anyone who's ever held a 10-hour plank. I know that the last person who did, it may have been eight hours. It was something ridiculous. Like, after five hours, does it even really matter? <laughs> like, it's just it's just a really, really long time that, most, that nobody really is able to do except for a select group of people. But the person who did it was in great shape. But... I don't. I know that they were probably great with body weight movements. I don't know how great they would be just overall well-rounded fitness. So I think a person, and I know this kind of sounds contrary to what you might think when you see these two things together. I think that the person who can squat triple body weight is probably a more well-rounded athlete than the person who could hold the world's longest plank. And I like being well-rounded in the way I approach things. So uh, thank you for that question. I would rather squat triple my body weight then hold the world's longest plank. It would actually take a lot less time. Squatting triple your body weight, one rep would take three to five seconds, whereas uh, holding the world's longest plank would take way too long. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I would love to do more of these if you have questions. You can always send me a message, Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, at straightshottraining.com. Send me a message if you ever have any questions. If you have a second to leave us a rating, on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on, that would be awesome. If you can head over to straightshottraining.com, if you're on a regular computer, it's gonna give you a pop-up that says, join our email club. You're gonna get exclusive offers, giveaways, a weekly newsletter that recaps some of the content over the week, plus has some exclusive content that you only get if you're part of the email club. So please join the email club at straightshottraining.com. If you're on your phone, if you scroll down a little bit on that first page, you'll see it right there in the About Us section. You'll see uh, a button that says join the email club. So please join the email club. And also while you're on the Straight Shot Training website, check out what we have to offer. You heard me talk a little bit before about how we approach things as trainers when it comes to meeting you where you're at. If you would like to know more about kind of the way we train, if you head to the services section, or I'm sorry, if you head to the About Us section and meet the trainers, you can see a little bit of our backgrounds. Uh, you can also head over to the services page and see how exactly you can train with us. You can see our prices right there. We want to be upfront with you with everything that we do. If you would like to talk to me personally about it, I would love to talk to you more about training. You can click any of the buttons that say request a coach. They're all over the website. Or scroll to the bottom of one of the pages where there's a contact form and just fill that out. I'll contact you. We'll chat for a while about what your goals are, what your training history is, any injuries or concerns that you have around training. I'll set you up with one of my awesome trainers and we'll get you going as soon as possible with an awesome workout plan with an awesome coach. So thank you so much again for listening. Again, straightshottraining.com if you'd like to learn more about us. And have a great week, everybody. 